Cox. Hello and welcome to uh, the Drunken Fan Podcast, your home for all things Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex sports related. Throwing some Big 12 stuff in there as well, outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, but for the most part, we're going to be sticking within the the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, we're homers. Uh, we sure. are, and it's totally fine. So, I am your host, Cameron. And I am your other host, Mal. It's like our own word now. We should we need to we need to find a way to put that in the dictionary. I am the other Oh, smell. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I was I was waiting. So, um, recording outside today again. I just we, it was it was a lot of fun the last time we did it. This is not because of COVID. We just wanted to sit outside. It's a very lovely Tennessee night. Not, not a cloud in the sky either. Like, look at that. It really isn't. Yeah, like and literally, look, look there's. At the, look at the sunset. Yep, we it's got. It's not. It's not a Texas sunset. It's not. But, no, so it's not as pretty. But it is still pretty. And we already talked about this, but you didn't get a chance to see the, the planets last night collide. You know, like no, of course I did they not. didn't actually collide, but Saturn and Jupiter were the closest that they've been since like. 1255 or something like that not but I, the but time I, but the year but i did feel my vibrations change uh. your vibrations change yes is that a is that a superhero joke i'm not getting no the vibrations yeah chakras and stuff no i don't know i'm just throwing out hippie words oh okay <laughs> okay no it was just it was really cool it was it was really it was really nice to see hopefully y'all got a chance to see it last night too but uh Anyway, and we're talking about like, look at this sunset and look at all this. This is really, yeah. Inti hoozle. Everyone, everyone who's listening to this podcast, come take a look. Yeah, they're like, oh, it is a great sunset. Yeah, and I hope you guys are enjoying it like we are. When you're listening tomorrow morning, step outside and look at the sunset. Mm. (laughs) That's going to be impressive. (laughs) So, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I am good. Good, 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 good. Okay, I'm I'm all right. I, I hyped it up a little bit. I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm very upset. I'm very upset about the college football playoff rankings, but we'll get there. Just like I am every single year. It's always fun leading up to it, and then the final decision is made, and you go, what? Why? So, but, But, I mean, but in the end, like, the teams that are behind them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, okay, before we get into anything, I want to remind you, if you like what we're doing. Yeah, go ahead. To like and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform, leave us a review. You can literally just type the letter A, and it still helps because we have no reviews. So, no review. You know what they say about reviews? No, no reviews aren't good news. But fool me twice, you can't. You can't get fooled again. Doc, we gotta buy you a <laughs> proverb book because this mix and match shit's gotta go. Anyway, uh, just like us um, and leave a review if you want to. You can email us at drunkenquestions at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkenfan and the number one, not the letter one, like I tried to say last week. And uh, 
yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, that's it. Dude. That's it. All right, so we can go ahead and lead off into things, which for uh, everything that has happened this week, which we really do have a lot to discuss, um, the Rangers really didn't do much. We've got... Uh, we got a couple of little minor trades. There's rumors going around that Gallo is available in trade talks. Which, I mean, if you look at that, there are teams that will give up a lot for him. And I I, I mean, it's just, how long do you think that this Gallo experiment needs to keep going? I know that he has improved in the field. And no one is... Experiment? He's... I, at the plate, though, look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. Is All it... he does is just hit home runs. I mean, that's theoretically all you'd need him to do if you could get anybody on base in front of him. I mean, he only hit 181 last year. I know. And so... I know, I know, I know. That's that's what I mean by experiment. So maybe not experiment, it's, because, it, I mean, you kind of know you kind of know what you're going to get with him now. And 181... I think, I think he go... Well, that's the thing. You don't really know what you're going to get. I think he would go to somewhere... I think he'd go somewhere else, and uh, I apologize for the assholes driving four-wheelers up and down our street, but no, I don't. Fuck them, they're assholes. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> I think he'd go somewhere where they know how to handle the, the shift better. And Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're like right there now, too. That's That was super inconvenient timing on their part. They are literally on, the, on your street. Like, what the fuck, man? Do you want to just edit this part out? No, fuck them. All right, okay, go on. Anyway, I think he'd go somewhere where they know how to handle the shift better. Um, like, I, I think he'd end up probably in the National League, maybe even the Phillies. So, but do you still? But you still think that we need that that the Rangers need to hold on to him? I think just they, because now this year they're. Do you think that they'll be able to handle the shift a little better because they've got? I think they should be able to, uh, but if they can't, then they're they've proven that. Like, although Joey Gallo is a really, really good player, that they just can't get the best out of him, and so they might as well send him somewhere else where they can. Yeah, but, I mean, why do you care what Joey Gallo does anywhere else? Like, it's, like, if... if... No, that's what I, but that's what I'm saying is they, they market it to, hey, we, we just can't get the best out of him, but y'all have a track record, so and you've got prospects that we want... So we're willing to trade this piece that is not really working out the best for us, but if he goes to you, we're confident that you could fix him. And I say fix him, you could you could uh, handle the the situations that he gets in better. And you know he goes from batting 181 and hitting you know 40 home runs in a regular season to maybe batting 320 and hitting Ooh. 50 home runs. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a. That's a bold prediction right I said, there. I said I know, maybe. I know, I know, I know. So on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being absolutely likely that they trade him and 1 being no way they're going to keep him, where do you see where do you see these cuz all this is is just rumors. Yeah. Uh where do you, where do you where do you see this falling on that scale? I I doubt it happens this year. I doubt it happens this year because not Joey Gallo. Just, not even just this year, but just at all. Like the Rangers <laughs> trading him because I mean you don't want you don't uh, want someone like Joey Gallo I mean, to walk. It, it it depends on it depends on what happens in this. I know it depends, year. But, but I'm just I, all I can say all I can say is like I'm not comfortable speculating that far out. That's like saying eventually one day, what's the likelihood that you 
will shit your pants at one point in the from now until you die. It's like, well, it happens when you die, so 100? You know, like, I don't... I guess. <laughs> I'm, anyway. just, I, I'm just saying, like, do you, do you see the Rangers... What what I'm saying is right now I don't think it happens at this moment for one reason and it's because there is one player on the team who is if if there if there is one player on the team who's the fan favorite right now it's Joey Gallo. I mean you can say that he's probably the face of the organization yeah. at this moment. Yeah, too. and and Chris Young is although he's <clears throat> come in and made a big splash and made a lot of moves and a lot of fans are happy. I think he recognizes that that would be a move that would make a lot of people unhappy, and you better be damn sure that it pays off quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see them trading him, and I don't like at all. So I, I'd probably on on my scale, I'd probably put it at like a two, okay. Just because if someone obviously if someone comes, Joey Gallo is not one of those players that it doesn't matter what you offer, we're keeping him. Yeah, he's no Mike Trout. Yeah, but. I'd, but still, I think that it would have to be something crazy. Like, we'll offer you Mike Trout for Joey Gallo or something like that. So, I mean, it, but, and I don't see anyone doing that. I don't see Chris Young pulling that trigger. I just think it's just a rumor mm-hmm. that's just there to kind of say, well, who else on the Rangers? The Rangers have been doing crazy things this offseason. Yeah. Who would be the yeah. craziest player to trade? Right. Joey Gallo. Let's start that rumor. Yeah. And it just gets people talking, which is fine. That's reporters' jobs, and I get that. So mm-hmm. I, I'd put it at I'd put it at like a two. And I think Joey Gallo is gonna. I think that once his contract is due up to expire, I don't see him even trying to test free agency. I'm willing to bet that the Rangers can get some sort of contract extension done for him even before he gets to his free agent uh, his free agent year. Yeah, but I think if he makes it to free agency, he walks. I think so. Oh yeah, I think so too. Because if you like, I like I just said, I think that the Rangers will find a way to make it. It was like what the Stars did with Tyler Sagan. Like they got a deal done for him the off season before yeah. he was going to go into free agency. If Tyler Sagan would have entered that year without a contract being done, you know Sagan would have done would have tested free agency and rightfully so. And I think oh, yeah. that, that would have been the way that both sides kind of understood it. Yeah, but. Uh, so I think that if you can't get that deal done before that year, then I think Joey Gallo goes into that season with a chip on his shoulder, and it's kind of like a prove-it year, and then then he'll see what other teams are willing to offer for him in free agency. So that's yeah. why I think that they'll get the deal done before it even gets to that point. I, I, yeah, I, that makes sense. So <clears throat> um, a couple more trades that the Rangers did. Um how do you pronounce this pitcher's name? Rafael Montero? Yeah, Rafael Montero. Yeah, Ma- Rafael Montero was traded to the Mariners for a pitching prospect and a player to be named Layer, which was named... Which player was it? No, this was for the Todd Frazier trade. So, yeah, so we still don't know the player to be named Layer later. And then also the Rangers uh, trade Scott Heineman to the Reds for infield prospect Jose Acosta. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I don't know I don't know anything about these players. Like they're so like every single player that the Rangers really traded for this week are complete no names whenever it comes to I wouldn't say no names because I mean they're still high prospects, but I just yeah. couldn't find any information on them. Yeah. Anything that not, was worth noting. It's it's they're not household names is what I would say. They're not completely no names, but it's it's like 
like if I were to say the name Herman Duran, like most people, most Rangers fans who've been paying attention for the past five years would go, oh yeah, I remember that guy. You know what I mean? But if you were talking to a Yankees fan and you're like, you know, and Herman Duran was doing all right, they'd be like, fucking who? So that's that's the way I I view these guys is they're probably you know <clears throat> fans of the team that they played for will recognize their name, but other yeah. than that, yeah. So I mean it's it's all it's it, it's just Chris Young doing Chris Young things right now, and he's he's, just, set, he's setting the tone though. Yeah, he really is. Every time I think, okay, they're gonna slow down, they're about done. I'm like bloop. You nope. could, you could argue that this was a slow down week though, because I mean they didn't really. I mean I think trading Heineman was a well, still, I, I, I didn't see that coming. I figured that the Rangers were going to see him kind of battle out for starting positions this year, and they just said no, thank you. Yeah, they just said nope. We'll <clears throat> we'll just trade you because I think I, I think that they kind of have an idea of who they want starting because it was mm-hmm. last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember, but I think it was two weeks ago where you kind of went down the Rangers projected lineups and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it like the names. And the the were, only the only way that Heineman was going to get in was. Like if he beats out Eli White and Willie Calhoun yeah. for the backup left fielder or the backup center fielder. Yeah, and so there's no point in holding on to someone like that for right, right for obvious reasons. So it, it was just like let's just get out of there. So yeah, um, that's really it with the Rangers. I know, and then we also saw that the uh, the executives and the owners all want to start the season in May. And I think that that's all going to depend on what the how the year 2021 goes. I mm-hmm. think that if this and I, this once again, I know that this is a sensitive topic, and I'm not trying to make it anything other than what it is. But if this vaccine ends up working, like everyone hopes that it will, I'm willing to bet that. Oh man. I think that, You know what? No, I think yeah, I mean even still I think May might even be pushing it because no one's even reported yet or yeah. th- like yeah. there's no start for training I, camps or anything uh, like that. So I think I think May it will be pushing it, but I think the reason why they hold out is because they are trying to hold out and see how effective the vaccine is going to be and if they're going to be able to have fans in the stands like 100% capacity. And if they do that, they would rather have a shorter season with 100% capacity the whole time than a, uh, you know what I mean, than a longer season. And maybe those big sporting events contribute to the vaccine not being as effective early and yeah. and result in 50% capacity for the rest of the season. Yeah, right, right. So it's it's all just going to depend. But, yeah, I think May is probably going to be a good target point yeah. for regardless of how the vaccine works or if it doesn't. And then – and then they'll just have to play a shortened season just like everyone else is. Yeah. Except for the <clears throat> NFL. The NFL's the only one right now that's playing a full season somehow. Once once again, Roger Goodell just can't find his ass from holding ground. No, he can't. So But that's it for the Yeah, that's it for the Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> you wanna move on to the stars? <laughs> yes. Alright. So Okay. So here is the Earth. Round. All right, so there, there's, there are a couple of key dates that were announced by the NHL this week. Uh, training camp is scheduled to start for non-playoff teams, the eight teams that did not qualify for bubble play. Uh, they are allowed to start training camp December 31st. Okay. All other teams 
that and this includes anyone that played in the uh, the play in rounds as well that okay. maybe didn't advance. Okay, uh, but they, they also count. Uh, they get to start January third. Yeah, no preseason for the NHL. It's just going straight into the season, which is scheduled, and this is no longer tentative. This is. Ironclad definitely going to start January 13th, and all players have agreed to play a 56-game schedule this year, which will not include playing anyone. No, it will include not playing anyone outside of your division. There's been a there's been a massive division realignment and everything. This is so funny because this is the third week in a row that was like everything is different. Here's the divisions that are rumored right now. And then last week it was like, oh no, this is like a report from the NHL. These are the divisions that are coming out. And now we get another thing that changes everything. So uh, a couple more dates real quick before going into this. Uh, the season is scheduled to end May 8th. Okay. And the playoff format is your typical play-in format where it's going to be four rounds of best-of-seven series, so no more round-robin to determine seedings and no more play-in rounds, which that was awesome, but I'm glad they're going back to I, I yeah. was really scared that they were going to adopt something like that so that way more teams <clears throat> can make the playoffs. And, stuff. and I get why you'd want to do that because you want more people to be interested, but if everyone makes the playoffs, then it diminishes the importance of the playoffs. Right. And the NHL is already criticized enough to the point where they're like, dude, every like half the fucking league makes the playoffs. Which, it's not like in baseball where making the playoffs is an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. It's, it's almost an insult to not make the playoffs. Yes, but it would still, like, yes, half the teams in the league make the playoffs, but also the other half don't make it. So it's still, you're still in the it's upper echelon. Yeah, yeah, you're still in the upper echelon of the teams. So, But I'm just glad that they're not, that they didn't stick with, like, a play-in series because the baseball's starting to do that now. And I get why baseball would do that because of how hard it is to make the playoffs, and you need to expand it a little bit. And I, I get that. Yeah. So, but anyway. Because baseball doesn't believe in first-round buys. Which I also agree with. I do. I I absolutely agree with that, and I love that the NFL is doing that differently this year too, where it's just the top seed gets a first round bye. Yeah. Which I can get that. It would be nice though if that would go away too. Yeah. But you still got to reward the top seed anyway. Uh, the only thing that will not be typical about these playoffs this year is that um, the first round is going to be interdivisional play. The top four teams of every division. We'll make the playoffs. And the way that it's going to work in the first round is number one will play number four, and number two will play number three. Best of seven series. After that first round, the second round, the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals will obviously be... Conference play. Yeah, will be conference play. And um, you will be seated by point total. Okay. So after the first round, it's going to go back to your typical playoff format where it's just it's yeah so that's 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 the playoffs that's what everything that we have so here is the stars division okay you're gonna be happy with this one i am actually extremely happy with this because because these are teams that we don't really get a chance to see them play a whole lot and other than trashville and chicago and chicago but here's the thing though is that all of these teams that they're playing, it's not going to be like it was whenever their other division where it's – or the division that we talked about last week where, Excuse yes, me. you're playing against really good teams in Vegas and Colorado and St. Louis, 
But then you're also going to be playing against shitty teams on the West Coast, San Jose, Anaheim, Los Angeles. You know, like like those games are just going to be too easy. Yeah. Look at this division that they're in right now. They've got Carolina, which the Stars, and I've got every single record that they did last year against these teams, but they got Carolina, who's got Sebastian Ajo and, uh, and uh, Shvechnikov. And those two guys, Svechnikov has this goal that they score, that he scores. It's a lacrosse-style goal oh, yeah. where he's behind the net and he scoops What's, it's it up. It's called like a Murphy move or something. I I just know it as a lacrosse style. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what it is. Yeah. But here's a funny thing about it. You know that infamous Saturday Night Live skit where uh, the New York Knicks basketball correspondent is working the Rangers yeah, yeah, hockey yeah, yeah. game. It's like, as they say in hockey, <laughs> let's, let's do that, that hockey. Yeah, let's go do that hockey. Well, he interviews a player, and obviously it's not the real player, but at right. the time, the guy, he goes, let's turn around and let's get a name. Yep, that's an S, a K, and a J next to each other, so that's nope. <laughs> that guy now plays for Carolina. <laughs> and I just want everyone to know, just so y'all can understand, the name is spelled S-K-J-E-I. Here's how it's pronounced. Sehi. Brady Sehi is his name. So whenever you see him playing, what the fuck, that's how you pronounce his name. Sehi. Uh, so Sehi. They, they go. They went 2-0 and against Carolina. Then they play Chicago as well. They went 2-1 They went two and one against Chicago. Here's the team that I am most excited to see them play is Columbus. Columbus last year, they lost the one game that they played Columbus. It was during the 1-7-1 and slump, and they lost to them 3-2. Uh, to two. And oh. I remember after that game, I was sitting there thinking, man, this Stars team is that bad because Columbus had lost everything. They, yeah, they yeah I remember they, you telling me. They just like, came they, off of the yeah. sweep of Tampa Bay the yeah. year before. Yeah, 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 because they, they hadn't won yet. Had they? Columbus? No, they had won. They had won? Yeah, okay. yeah, they they had won, but it, it's still like Columbus was one of those teams right. where you were, you were you just were, like, you went oh into my the God, season this last team year is thinking so they were going to be terrible, bad. terrible, terrible. John Tortorella does John Tortorella things, and he coaches this very mediocre team mm. into the playoffs. Yeah, we all thought that they were going to be Detroit bad. Awful. But, we thought that but, they were going to be awful. They yeah. came out, and the team was really good. So yeah. that And they lost 3-2 to two to that team during the 1-7-1 slump. But looking back on that, you're like, I It doesn't I mean, look as bad. It doesn't. So it's going to be awesome to see these guys yeah. on a consistent basis. It's going to be so much fun watching this team pl- play each other. But they only they lost that one game that they played. They went 0-1 they went against that team. Uh, and the only reason why they played the, the one game was because of the pandemic. Right. The, that game got canceled. Then they've got Detroit, which they went one and one against Detroit once again. It was during the one seven and one start. That was actually the third game of the year. So they started the the season zero and three. That was that first game where uh, or that was the first game that I saw this team, and I was like, "This is not good. This is bad. Really, really bad. It really <clears throat> it was the four nothing loss to Buffalo that I or yeah to Buffalo that I saw, and I was like, oh goddamn. But Anthony Manta putting up four goals on this team, and it was Anton Hudobin in net. It was just one of those things where it was like, this is inexcusable. But they came back and they rallied later on in the season. They went one and one against Detroit. Here's the team that scares me the most that they play against. Florida. Oh really? Yes. Not Tampa. No. 
Florida because they always seem to struggle against this team. And and Florida's one of those teams that you're waiting. You're just waiting. You know, you got Joel Quinville as your coach who led the Chicago Blackhawks to their three champions, their three championships in five years. And then you're waiting on Bobrovsky. You're waiting to see what Bobrovsky can do in net because if uh, if he has a bounce back year, mm-hmm. like everyone is hoping that he will. I don't think he will. I think he's always been overrated. I but think you did. but if he can come back and really play great, the stars have shown that this team <clears throat> is a team that they've always struggled against, and they always play Florida in the Oklahoma City preseason game. They mm-hmm. always do every year. And this last year, the Stars started their All-Stars against Florida's B team, and they lost 6 nothing. They lost 6 nothing. Yes, it's preseason, but still. like That's one yeah. of those things where you're looking at that going, what the fuck? And then they get blown out by Florida whenever they played them last year, 7-4. to And that was the only time that they played Florida. They lost to New York... Four to two, right before the stop of the pandemic, the very next game was going to be against Florida, and they were already struggling. Like that's a six-game losing streak that they're going into Florida, and this is a team that they always struggle against. And I, I, like, I could have seen them drop in that game big because they always have a rough time to play against Florida. So we need to watch out for Florida this next year. Biggest question mark is how can they break this Florida Panthers curse that they seem to that they can't seem to break. Then they've got Nashville, which they went 2 and 2 against Nashville, which is fine until you look at the record mm-hmm. that they had against Nashville because they started the year off 2 nothing. In the Winter Classic, all this stuff, they beat them before the Winter Classic, but then the last two games that they played right before the pandemic shutdown they lost two to nothing and one to nothing. So that means the last goal that they scored against Nashville was at the Winter Classic. It was January first. So this that's another team that you got to kind of watch and say like, I mean, they have had Nashville's number lately because mm-hmm. I mean they beat them in the they beat them in the first round of the playoffs two years ago. Um, beat them at the Winter Classic, and so Nashville is just really one of those teams that you really kind of have a question mark against that one. And then the one that I know that everyone is all excited to see is they've got Tam- the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's I, I, that's never happened before, has it? Where the the two ta- two teams that faced in the Stanley Cup final I don't think end up so. being in the same division I don't, next year. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I like. I I was looking and looking and looking, and I couldn't find any time that it's ever happened. So yeah, this is the first. And this, of course, this division realignment is just temporary. Yeah, this is not the same thing going forward. Right. So with everyone's record last year, uh, the Stars with the new Central Division. Went nine and six. Respectful, but we'll really see what they can do against these Eastern Conference yeah, teams now. How, how many of those six losses were in either the, in the one seven and one start or skid or the or the uh, six and six oh, game, yeah the the six, six game, game skid, skid at the, at end, the end of the year. Of the year. Yeah. So, but but during that middle that that middle meaty part of the they season were, where the Stars were the best team in the NHL, they lost to <clears> fucking nobody. Yeah. So it's just really going to depend. Um, the, so the, is this a favorable division for the Dallas Stars? Yes, absolutely, it could be. Yeah. But it could also— They shouldn't finish lower than second. I don't think so. I mean, okay, let's just say I don't see them finishing lower than fourth. 
if they if they don't make the playoffs, this the, the only reason why I say fourth is because it's like the top four teams make the playoffs. I know, but what I'm what I'm saying is uh, Chicago, I, Detroit, Florida, possibly Nashville. Like those are the four teams that I'm looking at it, and I'm going. Those are the four teams that, that they should, should not easily make finish. the playoffs. Yeah, it just really depends on what's Florida going to look like and what's Nashville going to look like. Those are those two teams that every time that the Stars step on the ice against those teams, they really need to dominate them. Yeah, they really need to, and they the Stars show. Like and this is just recently, last year, the stars have shown that they've struggled against those teams down the stretch, mm-hmm. and Florida always. And so you know Florida's going to be coming out. They're going to have a huge chip on their shoulder because everyone is expecting Florida to be national, not national, to be Stanley Cup finals contenders. That's how good this team should have been last year, and they just can't seem to live up to that hype. So yeah. those are the two teams I would really watch out for, and Columbus is going to be a lot of fun. Does Columbus continue this awesome streak that they had last year going forward after having a very quiet offseason? I mean, it's just really going to depend. like Because John Tortorello just does John Tortorello things. He should have won the Jack Adams Award last year. I still, looking at it, though, I still think it would it would be a disappointment to finish below Columbus and Carolina. That's why I'm saying they should. Carolina, Carolina is really good. But but I'm still I still think the Stars are better. That's partially because I don't know anything about Carolina. Well, and it's just, but it really, the Stars the Stars have a really good team, and if you look at it, like you know, making a lot of moves or not, I don't I don't know what the other teams what moves the other teams have made. Uh, not really, not so, really a whole bunch. So you know, it, this whole division looks like it's basically running it back, and you know, at the end of the year, the Stars and Tampa were the only two teams playing. Uh, granted, granted, I know the Stars came from a different angle, so, but yeah, and see, looking at it though, looking at it through that, I think I would be very disappointed if they finished below Columbus. I would be a little disappointed if they finished below Carolina, but if they if they finished. I guess I I mean I guess you're right. If if they finished fifth, that would be extremely disappointing. But I think looking at it, I think the stars should finish second, if not or third at the lowest, in my opinion. But here's the thing with Columbus is that Columbus played in the Metropolitan Division mm-hmm. last year, which is obviously stacked with Toronto and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and the the Rangers and all the and the the Devils right. all those teams right and <clears throat> Columbus did just well enough in that metropolitan division to just squeak into the playoffs and they didn't really make any noise whenever they got there i mean Tampa finally put those demons to rest and they didn't really make it out of the first round yeah so, but, but that was you, that it, was one hell of a game though that the, yeah that fir- that first one it was, it was Four overtimes? Yeah, it was because I'll, I'll never forget they were like time for the seventh period stretch. Like it was so <laughs> yeah. funny because the NHL just had so much fun with that. And they like going into that fourth overtime, it's like sorry if you had other plans. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't get a chance to watch the Stars play no. that game because that they, that was their first game against uh, against Calgary. Yeah, and I mean, good thing we didn't get to watch it because they lost two nothing. So that was okay that we missed that game. But if Columbus were to have been put in the West. Mm-hmm. They would have finished in the top, not in the top tier, but 
top four in the West if they would have been in the Western Conference. And see, now they're not. They still aren't in the Western Conference. And I mean, the only teams that really that really are in this now from the West, Nashville and Dallas. Yeah. And Chicago. And Chicago. So it's not the same division because they're not in the Metropolitan Division now. Yeah. It's no teams from the Metropolitan except for Columbus have made this transition. So it's like Columbus, are they really going to be able to live up to that type of expectation? Because if you're looking at it, I think that the team that benefits most from this division realignment is Columbus. I think if Dallas was in the old division that we were talking about last week, I think Dallas is the one that benefits the most because they've got all these shitty teams that they're going to have to play against. And on top of that, they're going to be, they would have been playing against Colorado and Vegas, two teams that they eliminated, eliminated in the playoffs. So they really had the upper hand in this one. Not so much in this one, I don't think. Is it favorable for Dallas? Of course it is. I think it's more favorable for Columbus. So I'm just telling you, like, you've got to watch out. So I don't think that there's any shame in finishing below Columbus. But I will say that there is shame, I think, if they finish below Florida and if they finish below, uh, below Nashville, for sure. Oh yeah. So that those, oh, yeah. but I'm just telling you, those are the two teams I could just see them giving them a lot of trouble. So, well, hopefully not. One last thing I do want to talk about whenever it comes to the stars is the expansion draft. Now we for the Seattle Kraken, we have a little bit more knowledge about how it's going to look and everything. So just real quick, I want to run down the rules for those of you who missed the draft against because, Vegas because we are eventually going to have a, a bonus episode where we do our mock drafts like our fantasy mock expansion draft yeah and i'm already going to kind of dive into that a little bit who i think they will project and who i who i want seattle to take and who i think that they will take and it's two different people and at least from the stars yeah 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 yeah, Yeah, from the stars yeah yeah, yeah. so but yeah we can do a yeah but i definitely want to do a bonus episode where it's all the the whole team Yeah. yeah so here are the rules so you 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 can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or you can choose to protect eight skaters and one goalie. So if you want to protect more forwards than defensemen, then that's fine. You're, it's just going to be called eight skaters you instead of seven to, forwards. You can only protect a maximum of three defensemen, though. Yeah, maximum okay. of three defensemen. <clears throat> yeah, so if you want to protect three defensemen, then, it's, then that's it. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No movement clauses must be protected mm-hmm. unless the player waives their no movement clause. Okay. First and second year players and unsigned draft picks are exempt. Uh, are exempt from teams. Uh, are exempt from the draft. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I worded this weird. For, okay. First and second year players and unsigned. NHL draft picks are exempt from... So they can't be picked. They cannot be picked. Thank you. And it does not count towards your protective list. Okay. So you don't have to worry about protecting them. If they're first or second year, then it's they're fine. Or if they're unsigned. So like Maverick Bjork and all those guys. Lafreniere in in New York. He's... Yes. 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 And... um, Hold on. Okay, and so then the the last one is teams must expose two forwards and one defenseman that are either under contract in the 2021-22 season and played at least 40 games last season or 70 games over the last two seasons. 
Okay. So you have to you have to leave players like that, at least two forwards and one defenseman that fit that bill. Okay. Yeah. So let's say that the stars, just for example, like if the stars didn't have a whole lot of forwards like that from which to choose, mm-hmm. then you would have to like leave. Esselindel exposed or something. Like if you had a bunch of young defensemen that didn't play more than forty games last year or seventy games over the last two seasons, mm-hmm. you have to have and and they have to still be under contract over not next season but the season after that. So if they the stars had a lot of young defensemen and it didn't really fit the bill, you'd have to choose like you either expose uh, Haskinen, Klingberg, or Lindell. Luckily for the stars, they don't have that problem. Gotcha. So here's my projected list, and stop me for Stars fans if this sounds familiar. Forwards are going to be Jamie Benn, no movement clause. Oh yeah, and I'm, I, I made this list with the assumption that nobody waives their no, their no movement clause. Gotcha. Jamie Benn, no movement clause. Sagan, no movement clause. Radulov, no movement clause. Then you've got Dickinson, Foxa, Gurionov, and Hintz. The defensemen. Haskinen, Klingberg, Lindell. Mm-hmm. And then the goalie is Ben Bishop. He has a no movement clause. Right. The reason why this sounds familiar, this is the exact same list that you said that well the, from the from the that the Stars protected oh last time during the Vegas expansion. It is the exact same one. Really? Yes, and I think that they're going to do that. I mean, you got to look at these players. Like you don't sign Foxa to a 5-year extension yeah. to leave him open. No. You have big plans for Jason Dickinson. You have big plans for Garyanov and Hintz. Yeah. Ben Sagan Radulov, obviously. Right. And then everything. So it's just, it's one of those things that you look at it and say, well, you, I mean, I don't see how you can, you could, you could pick any differently yeah. than that. I mean, I don't see any kind of, any kind of rational argument that would leave Dearness Gurionov, <laughs> Rope Hintz, Jason Dickinson out there, you know? So yeah. what, like, who's all available now? Joe Pavelski's available. Anton Hudobin would be available. Uh-huh. And I think that the, uh, who I want them to take would be Joe Pavelski. I love, like, I love Captain America. They still have to leave other people open, though, because Joe Pavelski, if I'm not mistaken, does, isn't under contract through 2022. Yes, he is. is yes, he, he is. Yes, oh, okay. He is. Okay. Yeah. Then never mind. So he's got next because he signed a three-year deal last offseason. This was the first year of it. So then he's got uh, okay. he's got this coming year and next year. Gotcha. If they take Joe Pavelski, that's seven million dollars gone that the stars don't have to worry about touching anymore. And odds are they weren't going to re-sign Joe Pavelski after that season anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would love for them to take Joe Pavelski. Who are they going to take? Anton Hudobin. That's who I think that they're going to take. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who are Not fans, Braden Holtby. I still think that they would take Braden Holtby too. I still th- I think I, they'd take I, both I, of them? I could still see that because I mean look at what Vegas did. They took Mark Andre Fleury and they took they took that old goaltender and they did a lot of damage. But see here's the thing. Vegas took advantage of underappreciated talent. Mm-hmm. I mean look who they took from the Stars. They took Cody Eakin. Yeah, he that, goes to Vegas, scores twenty five goals for him that very next season. I, I don't see that happening though with Seattle. I think everybody's going to look at what Vegas did, and they're going to be like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> we're not going to let them do that. We're not going to let Seattle come in and 
first year be in the Stanley Cup with our underappreciated talent. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the NHL that was so good for business was, for them. That was. So and I th- I think that there's I think that they're going to do the exact same thing this year. I think Seattle's going to go in that with that that same mindset. Oh, and by the way, Vegas is exempt from this. Oh, they're exempt. Vegas they, they Seattle will not be taking a team away from from or a player away from Vegas. They are huh. exempt. So, we can uh, like we, we can dive a little bit more into it whenever we do our bonus episode, but that's really it for the stars. I did just get an update that's really they exciting. They the offside rule. Really. I know. It's awesome now. So now whenever they do replays, your skate doesn't have to be in contact with the ice. So if you go to go inside, like if you go to go inside and the, the NHL is no longer going to be like down to the millimeter, is his skate in contact with the ice? Nope, not anymore. That line is just going to be straight up all the way, and it's going to be an invisible line all the way up to the ceiling, and as long as your foot's behind it. Because, I mean, I get why that they would have that rule, because they don't want players to just be flinging these sharp blades up into the air trying to stay on sides. Mm-hmm. But really, that that happens so little. Like, those incidents, like, never happen. And I don't see it happening a whole lot, but what does happen is... is Offside reviews take forever now because they're looking to see if his skate was in contact with the ice. Now that's not a thing. If they kind of preemptively go ahead and their skate comes off the ice, as long as they're behind the blue line, awesome. Good job, NHL. It also seems like more players would potentially get hurt with like pulled groins and stuff when they're trying to keep their skate in contact with oh, the ice. Oh, dude, have you seen? Some- yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen some of these? Like it's crazy. No, so, I, I don't want to. So good on the NHL. <laughs> So that's that's all I have for the stars. We probably spent a little bit longer on the stars than I really wanted to, but I mean this was just such this was a huge week for the NHL. The stars. Not just the stars, but the NHL. And so I just wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. So speaking of the NHL and the stars. Stars. Let's go ahead and do trivia this week. This is trivia. Okay. Alright. So Hit me again, Tubesock. Here's here's the question I have. And for those of you who have followed not just the Stars, but the NHL over the last 15 years, you're gonna you're instantly gonna know this question, the answer to this question. But I have not, but, so but it's just still and I love that you wanted to go with the easy question because I've got a lot of fun facts about this trivia question whenever it comes time to answer it. Okay. So in 2007, on January 4th, the Dallas Stars played the Edmonton Oilers and in probably one of the biggest hockey blunders in the history of the NHL the Dallas Stars were up 2 to 1 with 12 seconds left to go and a player steals the puck and goes onside and goes to easily backhand the puck into the net and ice the game it hits a rough patch of ice, and he misses. And then the Edmonton Oilers t- get the puck back, go down, and score, and tie the game to send it into overtime. Who was this player that missed this empty net? Okay. Here's the hint. He was a former first-round draft pick. Number one overall pick, excuse me. Not for the Stars, but just he was a number one overall pick. In the nineteen ninety nine, uh, in the nineteen ninety nine NHL draft. Okay, okay. So we'll come back to this. 
just give you time to think about it. My brain hurts. <laughs> so, <clears throat> moving on to the Mavs. Yep. I've got some, uh, we now know full schedules. The season starts tomorrow. This Well, the season starts tonight, technically, on uh, December 22nd. The the. The but Mavis. the Mavs season starts tomorrow night, December twenty yep. third, and I would be tonight if you're listening to this tomorrow. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry, but I just, I I'm just talking in the sense of where we are now. Right. That's why that's why I specify dates here right. and yeah. when we're recording and stuff. Which, by the way, we're recording a day late. Yeah. So recording on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. So little 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 different. Huh? Uh, uh, <laughs> so here are a few key games that I really want to point out to are Mavericks fans, and some games that I would not want to miss. So, obviously, the first game that you don't want to miss is Wednesday, December 23rd against Phoenix. That's the first game of the year. Obviously, you want to see this new-look Mavs team, see the new-look Phoenix Suns, who are considered a contender now in the West. Because of Chris Paul. Well, not, well, not, they, not just Chris Paul, but that is that, a big that was a huge them, yeah. yeah it's it, it's got a, the the Phoenix Suns have a lot of question marks around them now because can Chris Paul still do Chris Paul things? Right, and a lot of basketball experts say that he can. So we need to see if this new look Mavericks team can step up and play some defensive ball. Yeah, because if they can, I think that they can shut down these Suns. Okay. The next game that you that you have to highlight on the schedule is Friday, December twenty fifth. At the Los Angeles Lakers, for a lot of reasons, Christmas Day is like basketball day. Yeah, especially versus the Lakers. Yeah, and see, against the Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, you know, like you don't want to miss this game. And Luca has already gotten a lot of respect from LeBron. Yeah. We've talked about this already. Yeah. So you know that the Lakers are gonna not going to be treating this game like this is just the seventh team in the West. Right. They're going to be looking at this like this team is ready to compete even without Porzingis. Yeah. And the Mavericks showed in the preseason that they can compete. I know it's preseason, but still. They looked, they looked really good against the Bucs, and they still looked really great against the Timberwolves. I mean, there's no shame in losing a basketball game in overtime. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that December 25th game against the Lakers, don't want to miss. The next game that you don't want to miss, Sunday, December 27th at the Los Angeles Clippers. This is that first game against the Clippers since firing Doc Rivers. Is this And the first game against the Clippers since game six loss in the playoffs that they had. So yeah. you know that the Mavs have a huge chip on their shoulder whenever it comes to this because this team knew that they could beat them. And if Porzingis doesn't go down in the playoffs, I think that they do. I honestly think that they do. Yeah. I mean, they the, the, the Clippers showed la- the, the very next round. that yeah. they, they get up 3-1 and they can't put away the Utah Jazz. So it's... The Denver Nuggets. No, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. You're right. The Denver Nuggets. My mistake. Uh, They can't even put away the Denver Nuggets. So I I think that this team kind of gets comfortable, and I think that if they have Porzingis, I think that the Mavericks take advantage of that, and I think that they move on to the next round. Do they beat the Denver Nuggets? I don't know, because the Denver Nuggets were kind of like that team of destiny last year. But you also notice that every single game I just mentioned, that's the first three games of the year. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling just you. basically don't miss any game. I'm telling you, that's one of those things. Like, I, I understand what I did there, and I did it on purpose. Like, the, the Mavericks have this schedule that's loaded and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And you really don't want to miss any games, but you don't want to miss those first three games because, the, like, right out of the gate, the Mavs are going to tell us who they are. 
Yeah. Can they compete with these contenders? Can they not just compete, but can they beat them? Yeah. Without Porzingis, too. Like, it really needs to, because, I mean, and it's also, Rick Carlisle really experiments a lot with the starting lineup, so it's going to be interesting to see who he starts at the post. Right. You know, is it going to be, uh, is it going to be Kleba? Uh, is it going to be Dwight um, Powell? Dwight Powell, thank you. I almost said Dwight Howard because you <laughs> said that last week and it made me laugh. Is it going to be Dwight Powell? Like, who knows? So it's going to be a lot of fun. Watch those first three games. The next game I have is not game number four, I promise. Friday, January 15th at Milwaukee. Yep. You, I mean, two-time consecutive. Giannis, not, yes. not Giannis and not Gainus. Well, <laughs> it's, one of us was closer. Giannis. <laughs> yeah, he got his huge Giannis five-year extension. Antetokounmpo. Is that really it? Yes. That a boy. Breakfast. Out of boy. So Friday, January twenty fifth, uh, January fifteenth at Milwaukee for obvious reasons. You, best team in the league last year, and we'll already have like some kind of idea of these teams at this point too, because that's going to be midway through the first full month of the season. The next one is going to be Monday, January twenty fifth versus Denver. This is and the reason why I highlighted this game. This is the first real contender in the West that's going to be coming to Dallas this season. Yeah, all the rest of them, you know, at 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 at. This one is versus Denver, so this is going to be at Dallas. Odds are Mark Cuban's going to allow people to be coming into the game, so I wouldn't say just watch this game, but if you have the means, go see the game. Wear your mask. But go see the game. Go see this team play a very, very skilled Denver Nuggets team. The next one I have is is a it's a back-to-back series, which is unusual in the NBA, but it is, and it's not a home and away. It's just it's Wednesday and Friday, January 27th and 29th at the Utah Jazz. This, this Utah Jazz team has kind of gone a little bit under the radar, but I really do see, and a lot of the basketball ex- experts see it too, they have the Utah Jazz ranked higher than the Mavericks in the first in the preseason power rankings. Mm-hmm. And we'll really know where each team stands at this point, but that that is going to be such a pivotal two-game series for the Mavs because they might be fighting for not a playoff spot, hopefully, but a top-seeded playoff spot. And by that point, they'll probably be in com- competition with the Utah Jazz for it, so that's going to be huge. Sunday, February 14th versus Portland. You don't want to miss Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is arguably the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah, he's... Uh... Of course, you've got LeBron. I get that. But yeah. Damian Lillard has kind of... He's, he's, put, he's, yes. he's inserted his name into that conversation. He's up there. With, <laughs> I would say probably at, 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 at worst, he'd be third. Yeah. Behind Giannis and LeBron. So you don't want to miss Damian Lillard. And then Saturday, February 27th at Brooklyn. The reason why I highlight this one, we will have already the idea of what Brooklyn will look like with Kevin Durant. But... This is going to be Steve Nash's first time coaching against his old team. Yeah. How emotional is he going to be about this? How is he going to handle the situation? So it's just. Well, it's, he spent more time in Phoenix, didn't he? I, yeah, I understand. But you know that he didn't want to. It, yeah, well, because he was Phoenix, Dallas, Phoenix again. And then right. he, he won his MVPs in Phoenix, and I understand that. But still. He didn't going, want to leave. You know he didn't want to leave. And the whole reason why that Mark Cuban pushed him out anyway is because they were trying to get Shaq. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, I get why they would. I mean, Shaq wants to come to town. You go fucking get him. And Shaq and Dirk would have been stupid. Oh, wouldn't that have been great to see? Stupid. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I don't – but it's just nothing but, Nothing happened, and they still were able to put together a championship team without him. So, yeah. good on him. Yeah. It just took longer. So, there are the games that I would not miss this season. I think that their record prediction this year, 26-11. and 11. I think 26 and 11 is solid because you know they're going to be dropping some games that they really shouldn't, but I also mm-hmm. see them really taking it to these good teams in the West. And I really do see that as being best for fourth in the West this year. I I was looking up like other people's predictions. They were saying that the Mavericks were going to go like 47 and 30 or something and I'm like they're not playing that many games. Like I don't maybe I'm looking so, so if 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 y'all saw I only saw that they're playing 37 games this year. If there's a bigger list out there that I just missed that DallasMavericks.com didn't have, please let me know, drunkenquestions at gmail.com. But I see him going 26 and 11. Statistically, uh, according to 538, according to 538, the Mavericks have a 72% chance of making the playoffs, a 7% chance to win the West, and a 3% chance to win it all. And I think that those numbers will go up whenever whenever Porzingis comes back and how he looks. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, is Luca is entering this season favored to win the MVP what? over Giannis and LeBron. I, of course, he's over Giannis by just a hair, but Luca is the favorite to win the MVP. Bold prediction. I think he does. Okay. I think Luka Doncic wins the NBA's most the NVA the <laughs> NBA's most valuable player this year. Nas- National Basketball <laughs> Association. Yeah, that's cool. I can I can get behind that. Yeah, LeVron. Le- LeVron James. <laughs> uh, here's where the Mavericks have the most room for improvement this year: is one score games. Last year they were uh, they were twelve uh, twelve they were two and eleven in one possession games. Ooh. If the Mavericks last year went five and eight instead of two and eleven, instead of sitting at the uh, the seventh seed in the West, that would have been good enough for fourth in the West. That's how close things were last year. So yeah. look for them yeah, to yeah, really, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. really do think that the problem was, was defensive, the defensive side of the ball for obvious reasons. Like we, we've gone yeah, over yeah, the numbers st- and stuff like that. They were they awful. Were the, yeah. Statistically, they were one of the best offense. Uh, they were the best in NBA history last year. Offense as far as efficiency in, in NBA history. So, and so you know that they're going to regress so you, from that. Uh, yeah. So you, but you know that the, the issue then was your defense. And history has shown us that, and this is not uh, this is not from me. I I'll have to look up the website, and I do apologize that I'm not giving them the credit that they that they the work that they did, but I'll, I'll come back to that in a little bit. But um, statistics have shown that teams that have the greatest offenses in NBA history always regress that next year towards the median. Yeah. Which is fine. And it's also statistics have also shown us that teams that have been on the lower end of the spectrum whenever it comes to the defense and uh, like on the defensive side of the ball, it's also the same thing. Have regressed up to the median. You mean improved? Yes. You know, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like both, like they all kind of come together. And if that does happen, if it does happen this year, then the Mavs, once again, I think are going to be sitting pretty. They're not going to be scoring as much, but they're not going to need to score as much because they're going to be better defensively this year. And I really do think with all the additions that they have, don't expect the draft picks this year to get a whole lot of time mm-hmm. to play 
but I mean, just this team is built to make a lot of noise. And I think that in the end, I think I see the Mavericks making it to the second round of the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. but no further. Okay. I, I, I I just think that they can they'll have a higher seed, they'll have home court advantage uh in that playoff series. Yeah. And I I see them really taking that 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 much needed step forward. So whenever it, that's that's what I see whenever it comes to the Mavs. And here I have one last thing that I did want to do. Getting ready for the NBA season, I'm very big on movies. So I've put a list together of my top five favorite basketball movies that oh. everyone can watch going into this season. Oh, yeah, look at that. Number five. Coach Carter. Nope. That's a good guess, though. I bet you won't guess it, though. Oh. Space- I'll, give you, I'll give you one more guess. Space Jam. No. Okay. I think that number five is, if, if I were to make a list of the top five most underrated sports movies, I would put this on that list. Probably up there, maybe number two, m- number three. Okay. But it's a movie that came out in 1994 called Blue Chips. It's got, um, it's got Nick Nolte in it, who is, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a basketball coach at a, at a school out in Los Angeles. Okay. This revered basketball coach, two-time national champion, he, um, he's playing Bobby Knight. It, it, that's pretty much what it is. Like he's, he's playing, pl- like Knight. he's playing. But and it's so funny because <laughs> at the at the at the at the the climax of the movie, he, he actually chair. No, no, he meets the general. Oh, it, he meets Bobby Knight. Oh, like nice. head to head, and Bobby Knight's in the movie, so nice. it's really great. <laughs> but it's also got it's also got a really young Shaquille O'Neal in it. It's got Penny Hardaway Jr. in it. Um, uh, it's got oh my god. It's got Bob Cousy in it too. He's a, a yeah, a very old NBA player, and it's uh, but it's he plays this coach who is a is a rule follower, refuses to pay athletes to come to his universities, and he ends up going against that, and he sacrifices what he believes in order to win, and it's just it's just a phenomenal movie, a good look into how college recruiting goes. Yeah, very underappreciated sports movie. Okay. Highly recommend watching that. So number five is Blue Chips. Number four, Glory Road. Uh, it's you've never seen Glory Road? No. It's about the 1966-67 Texas Westerns National Championship season where. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were the it was the the first uh, first team to have uh, five African American starters. Yes, and it, it it talks about like all the trials and tribulations that that season put on that team. Yeah. And uh, I, I still think that that national championship game that they beat, um, uh, that they beat Kentucky, I think that that is the most important college basketball game in the history of college basketball. Top five most important games in the history of sports, I think. And so it's just awesome to see the story behind it, mm-hmm. where some things probably. Some things were probably embellished. Embellished, like whenever they come out for that national championship game, like the the fans are waving Confederate flags and stuff like that. And if you go back and look, they didn't do that, but they were just trying to drive home the point. Yeah. But it's still a phenomenal movie. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, number three, Coach Carter. There you go. Coach Carter. I just and the reason why I put that above Glory Road is because. I think that I think that Coach Carter really shows what it's uh, uh, 
it, it like Coach Carter does a really good job of capturing what the time was like back then mm-hmm. in like a more recent a more recent time like glory road was back in the 60s which is still extremely recent but it still shows like how athletes are treated even, and even today even today yeah. whenever it comes to I, I, I hate to say this but i'm going to say it anyway like kobe bryant getting off on rape you know it's just because he died does not mean that what he did was still that doesn't make it okay now that what he did he was just able to get off of it because of his name and Coach Carter really shows that, uh, like, the importance of why student is extremely important whenever it comes to athletes. And uh, it's it's the same thing also with blue chips. Like, blue chips kind of dives a little bit into that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not on that grand scheme of things whenever it shows. Like, it's more along the lines of whether players should be paid or not. Coach Carter really dives into the idea of, like, how do we get these kids off of the streets? Yeah. What can we do in order to use sports in a positive way, but instead people are taking it and making it negative? Yeah. Because... Once athletes are done being athletes, the world doesn't give a shit about them anymore. Right. And Coach Carter really does a good job of showing how coaches should care about their athletes and the positive changes that someone like that really can have on the world. So yeah. I, that's that's why I put Coach Carter a little bit above Glory Road. Makes sense. It's a little bit less propaganda-y. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things that just because it's a good message doesn't mean that they still don't embellish it in order to fit the message to make it look a little worse. Yeah. So you saying propaganda E reminded me of uh, there's a band. I don't remember what the genre is. I want to say it's like progressive metal. The na- <laughs> or, No, it's punk. It's punk. But the name of the band is Propagandi. Oh, my God. Is it good music? I don't know. I, I don't know. Propa Gandhi. Propa Gandhi. Like the Mahatma? Like prop- propaganda. Yes, I got it. Thank you. Number two. But also Gandhi. Number two is Hoosiers. And I hate that people are sitting there trying to say that Hoosiers hasn't aged well because it's this white team that beats this all-black team at the end of the movie. First of all, you want to talk about a movie that's historically accurate? Like, that's just the way that it was. And I'm sorry that people look at it and say, like, oh, it's white people coming up on top on black people. And for those of you who think that whenever they see this movie, I feel so sorry for you because it's a lot more than that. You know, Gene Hackman comes in. It's one of those movies that whenever I watch it, I view it as a basketball like alone, like whenever Gene had the, the, the scene where Gene Hackman walks into the gym for the first time and he's like, and he, right before he opens the door, he goes, welcome to Indiana basketball and opens the door and the sounds and everything of a high school basketball game. I played high school basketball. And what that does is, is it puts me in a mindset and I look at that scene and I go, I can smell that scene. Like, I know what that feeling is like. I know what the smells are, the sights, the sounds. The excitement getting ready for a high school basketball game is just, like, playing in it is just so much fun. And I know that we've already kind of talked about this, but that very, like, it, it's more than just basketball. It also talks about, like, one of the one of the players has a drunk father that Gene Hackman tries to help uh get on the right track by making him an assistant coach and uh 
uh, it's it's another one of those movies where they look at it and the small town only cares about the team. They don't care about the <clears throat> athlete itself. And Gene Hackman comes in and tries to change all of that. And the very last scene at that movie, it's just so, spoiler alerts, and I know I've already said this, but they win the game in the end. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene at the very end where they're all in a huddle, and the one guy that they keep trying, that is just the stud basketball player on this team, Gene Hackman gets them all in in the final timeout, and he's like, they, Jimmy, they think you're going to take the last shot. We're going to run the picket fence, and we're going to throw it into Buddy, and he's going to take the final shot. And everyone just kind of stands up and looks disheveled, and Gene Hackman just goes, What's the matter with you guys? Oh, I'm getting chills right now. And Jimmy looks at him and he just goes, I'll make it. Oh, man, that's just so good. And I just love it. And so uh, whenever they come out, he shoots the shot. And they they, they shot this basketball game in front of a live audience that was during the halftime of an actual college basketball game. And so while they were doing it, they didn't tell anyone what to do whenever he made the shot. But Indiana is such a basketball state that as soon as Jimmy makes that shot and the buzzer goes off, everyone rushes the court. And they didn't tell anyone to do that. But just Indiana nice. people just knew what to do, and In- they, they understood. Indianans. Indianans knew exactly what to do, and they just rushed the court, and they, they weren't, like, planning it, and everyone just goes, just keep rolling, keep rolling. Like, this is great. <laughs> Hoosiers, number two. Love it so much. Seen it once. Oh, love it. I, I've seen it probably a hundred times. I love that movie. Number one, he got game. Spike Lee is one of those controversial guys that you look at it and you say, well, I mean, are his movies really that great and whatever? He Got Game is that great. Denzel Washington uh, is puts on a performance of a lifetime in this movie, even though it's got Ray Allen in it and his acting is questionable at best. And the, the, I think that Spike, the genius of Spike Lee in order to kind of make Ray Allen's terrible acting not stand out is that he made everyone else's acting over the top. And you can tell it's one of those movies where the acting, it, it's not that the acting just isn't the best, but it is one of those movies where the acting is more over the top to kind of drive home a point of how this one athlete is being treated. Ray Allen is just this blue chip. Have you seen the movie? No. Ray Allen is just this blue chip player. He's Denzel Washington's son, and uh, Denzel Washington is in prison for murdering his mother. And the governor of New York pulls Denzel Washington out of prison to try and convince his son to go to his alma mater. And the whole movie is about how all these people are trying to manipulate Ray Allen and uh, get him to go to their university. Mm-hmm. And it's all like it's all about the love and support that you really can only get from a father that really ultimately influences his decision. And it's one of those movies that at the very end, you've got to think about it. How did we get here? Why did he make this decision? And if you really sit down and think about it, it's just a beautiful movie. The final scene is a little ridiculous, but it still drives home the point. It's Spike Lee does such an amazing job in this movie to set up every weird moment for that one final scene. And you're sitting there and you're watching it and you go, oh my God, it all makes sense. 
And I'm, I'm just such a sucker for storytelling. So that's my list. Blue Chips, Glory Road, Coach Carter, Hoosiers, he got game. All right, real quick, I'm going to give my list. All right, Airbud. Oh, my God. Airbud 2, Airbud 3, wide receiver. That's a football movie. It's Airbud. Space Jam. Hoosiers. <laughs> you know what I think an overrated <laughs> basketball movie is? White men can't jump. Oh, I was going to say semi-pro. No, I love that movie. That movie's so funny. <laughs> no, white men can't jump. Like, it's fine, but I, I don't consider it, like, one of the top ten greatest basketball movies ever made, you know? You've got, like, you've got like love and basketball and uh, Space Jam. I'd put Space Jam in the top ten and all basketball that stuff. Basketball Diaries. Teen Wolf, even, too. Have you seen Teen Wolf? Dude. What? Basketball Diaries is not about basketball. Oh, I don't even, I, I don't even know what that is. It's about a it's a movie about a school shooting. It was it was a bad joke. Uh, We're moving on. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, but yeah, I think white men can't jump. Like it's fine for what it is, but I wouldn't consider it like one of the greatest basketball movies ever made. Maybe top fifteen, but it, but just everyone, calm down on white men can't jump. It's fine, but it's not great. We, so, but we can't. No, oh no, we can't. Oh no, we can't. And it's one of those movies where Wesley Snipes, of course, has to say the title of the movie in the movie, and you're just like, oh my god, that shows that the movie is just really solid if they say the title of the movie in it. So anyway, that's that's all I have on the Mavs. I know that we probably dove a little bit deeper into that than you probably even wanted to, and we've been talking for already a while now. But uh, now I've been thinking about it though. I don't know of a Wesley Snipes movie where he doesn't say the title. Blade. I'm pretty sure he says Blade at one point. Oh, is that his? I don't think he does. Maybe. I'm pretty, he didn't say I'm Major sure League. He, does. he doesn't say. He doesn't say. Uh, he didn't say uh, the word Major League in the movie Major League. I'm pretty sure he does. No, he doesn't. I no. I I I would bet anything that he doesn't. Twenty bucks. I don't. I don't have money. All right. So anyway. <laughs> You let's, want to move on to the move on to the Cowboys? Yeah, let's move on to the Cowboys. What are they doing? What are they doing? I think that that win screws them out of a top five draft what pick. The, what I don't want to curse in front of Korean Elvis, but what the bleep are you doing, dude? <laughs> I know, man. It's one of the like seriously. I get why Andy Dalton would want to win. Uh, yeah, I get why he yeah. would. You gotta sit him. <laughs> You've gotta sit him, man. It's one of those things that, like, <sighs> sorry, Andy, I know that you were trying. You had your chance to really kind of take over, but uh, but you, but you, it's just still one of those things where you're just watching this just going. Every time that they're marching down the field scoring touchdowns, you're like, what the fuck? Like, does Mike McCarthy not understand what's on the line here? A top five draft pick, man, and you're like, what are you trying to compete for? Pride? To hell with pride. Your pride's already out the window. Right. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, and and here's the other thing, too, is I, I, every Cowboys fan that I have talked to so far, they want them to win. Really? That, yes, every single one. I don't know about JR. I haven't, had, I haven't asked his opinion about if the Cowboys should win or not. But, oh, man, a lot of Cowboys. And then you watch the game. The Cowboys fans are there cheering and being like, yeah, go Cowboys. Take it to the 49ers. And I'm just... I'm just looking at it just going, this is this is why this team just won't ever be great. Because you have this opportunity to, like, if Dak Prescott decides to say, 
you still got Ezekiel Elliott, too, who can still do his things. So you get a top five draft pick. I know that they need offensive linemen as well. But, man, could you imagine, like, a, a, like an offensive threat that you could probably maybe put on the other side of Amari Cooper mm-hmm. in wide receiver? Because, I mean, you get your offensive I mean, line healthy. As long as they can stay healthy, you've still got one of the best offensive lines in the game. Oh, yeah. No Travis Frederick, obviously, because he retired. But still, you've got, you've got four-fifths of this elite offensive line that's going to be coming back next year. I, I, I don't get I don't get it. I don't get why the Cowboys are winning. Please, drunkenquestions at gmail.com. Please let me know if you think that I am wrong and and give me reasons why you think I'm wrong. Yeah, Mike McCarthy, email us, please. I'm just looking at this just going. Coward. You, you like you lose when you're supposed to win, then you win when you're supposed to lose. It's 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 like him taking risks. Like you take the risks that you shouldn't take. <laughs> right. And then they blow up in your face, it's and like then right the risks now, that you still, should take, you don't, and it blows up in your face. Them still playing for a playoff spot, even though, like, I mean, it, 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 they could still make the playoffs. I know. In the NFC East. I know. But right now, in this season, playing for a playoff spot is the equivalent of going for it on fourth down when you already are up by 20 points. It's like, dude, come on, man. Come on, Dude, they're man. second place in the NFC East right now. I, I, I didn't even realize they were that high. They're they're within one game. Wait. Yeah, that's this year. Yeah, they're within one game of the <laughs> NFC East title. For what? I know. For what? I know. So you can go lose in the first round. Okay, let's and let's just say for shits and giggles, they they somehow pull a 2011 Seattle Seahawks and upset their first round opponent. What did the what did the 2011 Seattle Seahawks do after that? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I mean, they're competing now, but I mean, you had to look at the team that they already had in place. Like they had a team that once again was in a very weak division at the time. Yeah. But they already had these pieces in place. They already had the Legion of Boom yeah. assembled, ready to go. They already had Marshawn Lynch. They already had Russell Wilson. Right. What what do the Cowboys have right now that you're looking at it going, that team's going to be great in two or three years? Like nothing, nothing. So let's say that they win their first round. Do you really see them getting out of the NFC against no. the Saints or against the odds are they'd probably play the Packers? Yeah. Who I think are the NFC favorite. And I know that I'm I know that I have been very vocal about being a Packers fan. But but I, I like I think that the NFC I think that the Green Bay Packers are the team that will make it out of the NFC. Yeah. And be playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. I honestly believe that they will. So what do you like what do you have going for you? You're gonna go to Green Bay and you're gonna beat Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and this Green Bay Packers defense that that uh, Jair Alexander and like no you're not no. no you're not so you're gonna get nothing out of it and you're gonna fuck yourself out of a draft pick that's even gonna be in the top ten I know because now if you look at the rest of their schedule very favorable why are they shooting fireworks what's going on. I don't think they're shooting fireworks. I think they slammed a door. They're celebrating Festivus early. <laughs> I mean, you've got the Eagles and the Giants. 
And now I've, I've like I was looking at this going like these games are very losable. And now I'm looking at it going like okay, well this was the, I said that they were losable, assuming that the Cowboys were going to go into the games to lose. Yeah. Clearly they're trying to win. They're trying to win, and like I guess the, you got to admire that. But at the same time, dude, you like got to learn to swallow your fucking pride. It's like, dude, it's like the Jets beating the Rams. You're like. First of all, that, that's funny. That's so funny. And but, I, uh, but then, but then, second of all, it's like, okay, <laughs> well, you just gave Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you know who's excited about that? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. fucking Lawrence. Yes, you know it. <laughs> you know it. I am excited for. Uh, I am happy for Frank Gore though, because I mean, he was sitting there saying that he didn't want to go out a complete loser, and so good on him. But yeah, once again, what are you doing? Stop winning. But you know what? Let's talk about this then, I guess. I mean, I know that Leighton Van Der Esch is doubtful for the Eagles game this uh, this coming Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, I guess the Cowboys are fighting for a playoff spot. But, I mean, really, do you think that the Cowboys are going to be able to stop Jalen Hurts? Because Jalen Hurts has looked – I wouldn't say he's looked like a world beater, but he's looked great. He's right. looked better than Carson Wentz ever has. Well, <laughs> Carson Wentz has looked good at moments, but – uh, especially against the Cowboys, Carson Wentz has looked like, well, Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's looked like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's said. That's an insult to dog shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> say, that's what I said, man. So, I mean, I'm just— he, I, Carson Wentz has looked like Tim Tebow without the talent. Yes. Yes, I know. And and with and with more money now, too. Yes. Starting next year. That 150-something million dollar four-year contract starts— Next year, great job, Eagles, paying the quarterback who that didn't, didn't even, even win you the, you Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> oh my God, dude! What a fucking, what a cluster fuck this division is right now. I know, I know, it, dude. The the best ran organization in the NFC East doesn't have a name. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is, is is shrouded in controversy because of how they were ran. Oh. <laughs> And the Cowboys, yet they refuse to go down without a fight. Oh my gosh! Do you okay? Let's talk about this week against the Eagles. Do you see them beating the Eagles? It's in Dallas. I see them trying, and I gotta be honest. I think it's closer than we want it to be. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's closer than we want it to be. I think, oddly enough, Jaylen, since Jalen Hurts grew up cheering for the Cowboys, I think Jalen Hurts wants to do the Cowboys a favor and beat them. But, yeah. But, uh... I, I just don't know what to say about this Cowboys team right now, man. Like, every time I feel like I've got this team figured out, then they like they, they throw they throw a huge wrench into the proverbial gear that the, I just cannot explain. The Dallas Cowboys are the 2020 of the NFL. Yes. And it's... Where it's like, and they still they gave up that fucking hail mary there at the end too, where you're just like, like, like it, even whenever you win a game, trying, you still find yeah, you, trying like, to win, you find a way to make it go. Uh. Yep. <laughs> I mean that's just that's what this that's what this year is going to be at the very end. Whenever <sighs> they finish second in the NFC East, not even get a playoff spot, and probably get maybe an eleventh or twelfth pick. This is this is like exactly the type of stuff that's why I don't really care about the NFL anymore. I'm more of a college fan. Well, because I, it's been 20 plus years of this now. Of, well, they're good, but they're not good enough. Well, they're great, but they go eight and eight. 
<laughs> hey, we went 13-3, and went to the playoffs and lost the first game. <laughs> but that was against that Giants team that just couldn't be stopped. It was the Packers. No, oh, oh, oh no! I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, I'm 13, sorry. I was thinking about. And three, I'm sorry. They, had the, they, they also went. They also went 13 and three the year that in 2007, right? Whenever they lost to the Giants, who ended up beating the Patriots. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I'm. Then yeah, the other one. The other yes, 13 and three. Yes, Des Bryant caught it. I understand that he caught it. I'm willing to admit. Now, I'm not even talking about that year. I'm talking about. No, that was the year. That was that I'm year talking, that they. Went. I'm talking about Dak's rookie year. They lost to. Oh, that, on, oh, yeah, that on was the, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, like that's how the, right. How the for, how the how the fuck did he get that ball off? And how the fuck did that wide receiver get his toes in? Yeah, tight end. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, tight end. Yeah, Dalvin it's, Cook. Like, Not you, Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah, I was about to say he's a running back. No, yeah, he's a running back. Uh, Jared Cook. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers drawing the play. In the huddle, like he did, like that wasn't even a play. He was just like, just go like this. <laughs> it's uh, you, uh, dude. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You could do anything you wanted to. Uh, so, I mean, I think that they lose this game to the Eagles, but I mean, I've been proven wrong before. Yep. But yeah, I think if they lose, I think <laughs> I, that they should lose. Like at this at this point, calling the Dallas Cowboys America's team is almost anti-American. <laughs> I mean, just Tom Landry didn't even like that nickname, so I know, I know, I know. But still, it... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know what to say. This this is this is the last thing I think we should say about the Cowboys. Okay. Anytime in the Navy, anytime anybody. Uh, came into the shop, any new guys, found out I was a Cowboys fan, without fail, they would always say, I hate the Cowboys. And I would say, no, you don't. No, you don't. They would say, what are you talking about? I said, nobody hates the Cowboys more than Cowboys fans do right now. It's still true. Yeah, it's still yeah, it's still true. You want to go on to college football? Uh, I've got some college basketball stuff I want to talk about first. Okay. So, I thought Hoosiers was enough, but okay. So the Hoosiers is high school basketball. The Indiana Hoosiers are the University of Indiana. I understand that, but a Hoosier is just someone who live who resides in Indiana. That's what they call themselves. They call them Hoosiers. I know. But the movie Hoosiers is about an Indiana high school basketball team. Man, it has been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah, welcome to Indiana high school basketball. Then he opens the door. Or no, just Indiana basketball is what he says. But yeah, it's a high school team. Oh. Okay. Yes. Okay. So moving on. Um, the my game of the week last week ended up living up to the hype. Kansas versus Texas Tech in Lubbock. Uh, Kansas ends up pulling out the victory, fifty-eight to fifty-seven, by an incredible shot uh, by Abaji. Who he it wasn't a buzzer beater, but he still looked. How at, was your day, Mister Budgie? <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> so here was the, here was the thing though. Like I really was impressed by Kansas. I mean, Kansas looked really really good, uh, as as Kansas does, especially Abaji. Like he he's one of those players that you're gonna want to watch this the rest of this year because that dude that dude just he pretty much can do whatever he wants with the ball but the team i was really impressed with the most was texas tech and i'm not just saying that because of my fandom for him the thing that 
really screwed Texas Tech at the end was two things. Is that they could not make their free throws. And uh, because Texas Tech at one point got up by eight. And if they would have made even half of the free throws that they had missed, that lead would have been 15. And, and that would have seemed somewhat insurmountable. And then the other thing was their three-point shooting in the second half, which they went like two for eleven. And you've got to give Texas, or you got to give Kansas a lot of credit for adjusting to a two-three zone rather than playing man-to-man. Because whenever they were playing man-to-man, Texas Tech was able to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted to. And I, like Mac McClung, who is the transfer from Georgetown, that dude can seriously play and I was super impressed with how he was able to move the ball and uh, how he was able to kind of pick and choose where he wanted to shoot shoot it and pass it whenever Kansas was playing their man-to-man mm-hmm. whenever they switched to their zone rather than driving the lane and trying to create open opportunities Texas Tech just passed it around on the outside and try to beat him with the three ball and it wasn't going in and you got you're sitting here watching this going you can't keep shooting those you got to drive the lane, but see the thing is, they would have drove, driven the lane. They would have gotten fouled. They would have gone to the free throws and missed them, because because it's every single one and one opportunity that Texas Tech had that night, they missed the first free throw. So that's not only is that a missed free throw, but that's leaving another point off of the table. So that so all of those misses that I was talking about that uh, for the free throws that I was talking about in the second half, that does not include that second free throw that maybe they could, maybe they, maybe they did, maybe they didn't make. So who knows how big the league could have been if they would have just made their free throws, people fundamental basketball. You've got to make sure that, but I mean, I'm telling you, look for, look for Kansas and Texas tech to really make a lot of noise this year in the NCAA tournament, because I was very impressed with both teams. Uh, another player to watch from Texas Tech is Micah Peavy. He is he was kind of the unsung hero of that game. Eight points, six rebounds, and one assist. But it, it seemed like every single time that he came up with a rebound, it was at the most pivotal time. He was able to really kind of t- – and he was the one that uh, – that made that shot that put Texas Tech up 57-56. So he can also be clutch whenever he needs to be. So it, this Texas Tech team looks awesome. It just was a shame that they did, weren't able to get the win in the end because their final shot after Kansas made it 58-57, Texas Tech's final shot was just awful. It's like that was the best thing you could come up with. But that game, it really did live up to the hype. Unfortunately, this there's not a whole lot of basketball going on this week for the Big 12. All of the games are being played tonight. The next game after the games tonight, which once again is December 22nd, all the games after tonight don't start until December 29th. So they get all of Big 12 has these ne- this next week off. But the game that I'd watch tonight is West Virginia and Kansas. And I, I know that this is kind of ridiculous because I'm telling you all this and you're, you're going to be hearing this tomorrow. But here's hoping that this West Virginia-Kansas team, or this West Virginia-Kansas game tonight, which is number seven and number three in the nation. Yeah. Because now, because <clears throat> I mean, you, Texas even cracks the top ten this week too. So now not only, last week we talked about five of the top 15 teams are in the Big 12. But now you got three in the top ten. Four. Four? Baylor. Ba- oh, yeah, Baylor. Baylor's number two. Oh, and, yeah. oh, my God, I watched the 
I watched the Bay or the the Gonzaga Iowa game, number one versus three, and it was Gonzaga's first game back after taking all that time off of protocol. Mm-hmm. Whew. Gonzaga did not miss a beat. This team, like right now, book it, national champs. And that's going to be so huge for Gonzaga because Gonzaga has always been that team that has been so good, but, but right just never outside. good enough. They yep. just cannot crack through the final four. Like they get there and they just can't get past it. Jalen Jalen Shugs, man, that dude made like I think he made nine three pointers in that game. And Luca Garza, let me just say this. Is he the best player in the country right now? Probably. But I got to tell you, whenever that dude moves, it's like he's got cinder blocks on his feet. <laughs> like, it, like it, he just, like, he, you can tell that that's something that he's going to have to work on right now is, 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 is his quickness and his footwork. But, man, whenever, Gonzaga did a good job of, they didn't just double team him, but they, 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 they pick and chose when to double team him. Mm-hmm. And it was really it, like it. It was just awesome playmaking skills and coaching by Gonzaga. This team is the complete picture. Gonzaga national champs this year. It's going to be great. So watch that team anytime you get a chance. But I mean, West Virginia is another one of those teams because in the game against West Virginia, the game that West Virginia had against Gonzaga, Jalen Shugs went down, and. West Virginia still lost that game, but they really took it to them. And I'm sitting here watching going like, I mean, you'd expect them to kind of take it to them after one of their key players goes down. But it's just going to show you that that was no fluke. And West Virginia is an awesome, balanced team. They don't have like these these star-studded players that are going to be drafted high in the NBA draft. But this team is good enough. This team is Final Four good enough, and I'm not just saying that just because they play in the Big 12. Like, like they are good enough, dude. Baylor, Kansas, West Virginia, Texas is really starting to kind of prove themselves. Although it, Texas kind of comes and goes with yeah, Coleman. Yeah, it depends on how great Coleman is playing is going to depend on, and that's the thing that's going to be Texas's downfall. But I think Shaka Smart is going to be safe. I think his job is now secure at least for the next few years. Um, but yeah, because he's done a really good job with this Texas team and um, finding a way to uh, make make a bad situation into a really good one. And then you've got Texas Tech. I know that they dropped out of the top fifteen whenever the the rankings kind of came out, but um, it, that's kind of to be expected. But I think Texas Tech's going to bounce back, and we're going to find them back in the top fifteen sooner rather than later. I think they're seventeenth right now. So, which is still great. I mean, so yeah. four teams in the top ten, guys. Big Ten basketball, and here's hoping we'll big, talk. We'll talk about the. Or, I'm 12. sorry, <laughs> sorry. It should be Big Ten, but the big yeah, well, Big yeah. Twelve, Big Twelve basketball. Here's hoping this Kansas West Virginia game once again lives up to the hype that the Kansas Texas Tech game did because I can't wait to go home. To, I've got it set to record. And by the way, fuck the Longhorns for being on the Longhorn Network. I can't watch any of their games. You come over here. You can watch it. I know. I. I mean. I'm. When? When? Like. I'm telling. Like. I need to oh, go. Well, like. Yeah. Not. Not now. Yeah. I know. It's. <laughs> well, I don't want them now. Uh, it's. It's got to be one of those things that I. It's, I've got to be off work, in order to come. But I. Re- I really do want to. If there's a game that's really worth watching. Which I mean, with Texas right now, all games are worth watching. But I'm telling you, whenever we start getting those really good games coming up, uh, let me look. Let's see here. We've got. I know I saw one. Texas is playing someone big. 
Texas and Kansas play each other January 2nd. Nice. Saturday at noon. So I can come over. We can, we can watch that game. Yeah? Yeah, Saturday at noon before I go into work. Be perfect. So, yeah. So, Big 12 basketball. Seriously, guys, you've got to get on it because whenever these two teams play each other, and by the way, fuck Jay Billis. That guy is such a goddamn moron. He called the Kansas Texas Tech game, and my God, I just I I hate every time he calls the game. He is the uh, <clears throat> uh, he's the Pierre Maguire of basketball. He's the Colin uh, 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 no uh, what's the guy that everyone hates that does the Sunday night games? Joe Buck? No, no, the the guy that calls him without Michaels. Oh, uh, Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, he's the Here's Chris the guy. Yes, he's the Chris Collinsworth of 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 men's basketball. He's just a fucking moron. So, but anyway, that's all. That's all I have. Uh, we'll talk more about Kansas West Virginia next week, regardless how it goes. Just because I picked that as my game of the week, mm-hmm. my hands are kind of tied here because we only have three games this week and they're all tonight. But but still, I think that that would still be my game of the week, regardless whenever it was being played. So, that's all I've got. All right. Well, now we'll college football. Move into college football. There's not a ton to talk about other than the fact that Oklahoma proved us both wrong. I thought I thought it was going to come down to who improved more on offense. It came down to who improved more on defense. Uh, And Oklahoma really has improved on defense. Last year they were a joke, and this year they're they're. Defensive linemen are so good that it is making the rest of the team look, uh, the rest of the defense look better. But Brock Purdy was running for his life for half of that game, and uh, he's—I uh, mean, their, their D line is the reason why he threw a couple picks and one that sealed it. So um, from there, there's not much else to say about it's that. Just, it, it just—it's just you know, Iowa six State, in a row. Iowa, six, Iowa six State took—it it took them too long. To, get, to get into the game, yeah, you know, and I, it's that in and of itself is a shame as as well because it, I don't know if it was Iowa State thinking that they had it in the bag or if, if the moment was just too big for them. I don't know, but uh, I think one thing I, I think one thing that we can say for sure is I think that Matt Campbell is back next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Especially Auburn because, just hired. Yep, yep, yep. Auburn just hired uh, the head coach from uh, Boise State. Yeah. Which is Brian Harson, which is an unusual hire. Like, like Boise State got, uh, they they just lost in their championship game to Tulsa, Tulane. No, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, they they whoever whoever beat them, like it's their first ever conference title, and like and Boise State has played in it like six years in a row or something like that. But they were they weren't even ranked this year. That's an unusual hire for Auburn, but but I mean, I just thought that it. I I thought that they were going to make a push for Matt Campbell too, and it, yeah. it turns out I think that Matt Campbell has probably been vocal about like I want to stay. So why yeah. else would they go somewhere else? Or maybe yeah. maybe they were never interested in him in the first place. So. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but yeah, what a shame that the game the game got tight there at the end, but like you you yeah. kind of saw it that it was out yeah. of hand early. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and well, Iowa State's defense was making stops until they needed to. Yeah. And once yeah. they needed to, it yeah. was like, okay, now we're gonna bleed points again. And then it's that's like, whenever yeah. their offense finally woke up. Like it yeah. was it, like it, there was like a shift in the scale. Yeah. You just. Yeah. Uh, where the defense is just kind of like, fuck it, you guys do it. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> but that leads us into the uh, 
that's going to lead us into the Big 12 bowl game schedule. And I think, I legitimately think... Before before we get into this, just so that way we don't go off on like too much of a tangent, I'd like to still pick winners this week on all the bowl games, but then kind of dive a little deeper into them starting next week, like with the weeks of the games. Yeah, I yeah. Know, we didn't talk gotcha. about this before the mic. Okay. Yeah, or before the mic. So we can talk about the bowl games, right. and we can give our predictions of who's going to win, but then like... As the weeks of the bowl game start coming, then we can start doing yeah. scores and diving deeper into the games. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, cool. But uh, so I legitimately think there's a chance for the Big 12 to go undefeated in their bowl schedule. One, let's go from the bottom to the top. Uh, West Virginia versus Tennessee. Tennessee is already opted Not out. Not anymore. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Go on. Tennessee already opted out. Do you see so, who they got? So I don't know. No. Army. Army. Okay, so that's, West Virginia dude, versus Army. That's, that's going to be a good game, I think. I think it's probably a win for West Virginia. I still think so, too, but it's it, I, I, I like that matchup better than I like their matchup against Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee I, was garbage. I think West Virginia would have walked all over Tennessee. Yes. I think yes. now with, with Army, I think it's going to be closer. Uh, then TCU versus Arkansas. Uh, uh, yeah, TCU. I think I think TCU wins that game. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, and, and so does Vegas. Yeah. Oklahoma State. Versus Miami. I where's that one? Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I think. Why is Miami ranked so high? Like they I went eight and two. I know, but I mean, but still, like the two games, the two games that they lost, though. I just where the where the two games that they played ranked teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm sitting there going, and and even still, one of the, the one ranked team that they played was one of the ranked teams that they played was North Carolina. And North Carolina is pretty good this year. Look at the teams that they lost to, though. They lost to, like, Florida State and— um, Well, we'll see whenever Mac Brown kicks the dog shit out of Texas A&M. Well—oh, dude. Anyway. Oh, no, they won't. Anyway. Anyway, going on. Moving on. Yeah, I just— Because I, just think... I have to pee and my toes are cold. <laughs> Texas versus Colorado. Oh, well, oh sorry. Did you—Oklahoma you, Oklahoma oh, State versus oh, Miami. absolutely okay. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. <clears throat> Texas versus Colorado. Texas. I I think Texas too, but I think it's going to be a closer game than people think because of the opt-outs that Texas has had. Yeah. Yeah, because there's been more, right? Brendan Brendan Eagles has opted out officially as of today. Uh, But I still think think Texas, though. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State versus Oregon. Which, dude, that's going to be a good game. Oregon really looked good in in, in their championship game. Yeah. So I yeah. yeah, I think that that's good. I That'll think be a good I game. think that one's going to be closer. That's the one. I think I think there's two now where it's like uh, maybe and that's one of them. Yeah, I think so. Uh and then the highest ranked game is or uh Oklahoma versus Florida. Why is Florida? I why? do not why? I I at no point this year have I been impressed with Florida. Just just throw that out there. No, yeah, I haven't I have, either. I, I have not I didn't think that they belonged in the top ten. Over under how over under one shoe being thrown in this game. What do you got? I'd I'm just say kidding. it's not a shoe, it's a flip flop. <laughs> oh, okay. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Would think it would be Arby's. <laughs> but actually it's, it's Long, Long John, John Silvers. Silvers. Uh yeah, I think Oklahoma wins that game. Uh dude, Florida's favored though. Florida uh, as of right now. Didn't Kyle Pitts already opt out? I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah, see, once again, that'll just have to be something that we'll have to dive into. I, not I, not next week, but that, that'll be that'll be the week after. Yeah. So I I looking at it right now, I really do think that the ten teams in the Big Twelve are going to walk away with six bowl wins. Like I, 
And I'm not just saying that because, oh, the Big 12, like, I'm not saying, oh, we're so good. I'm saying, look at the, it's a very favorable matchup. You still didn't get that right. Favorable. You you said favorable. Oh. (laughs) It's a very family Uh Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to name my, that's what I'm going to name my hedgehog. Fabidiopidum. Fabidiopidum. (laughs) Anyway, it's a very (laughs) matchup. No, every matchup is... We're so cool. Every matchup is... Uh, Very favorable. Favorable. Yes, there we go. Flurry. It's Brett Farvable. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which means... Yeah, it's... You're not going to know when it's over. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sometimes you just got to know when to walk away. <laughs> that was the best commercial. Dude, that I've commercial's seen. so great. Man. And, I but love anyway, it. Uh, yeah, I, anyway, I, it's and that's how bowl games go. You know, like a lot. I know a lot of SEC fans that are like, "Oh well, look at how dominant the SEC is in bowl games." And outside of the top, outside of top ten matchups, the bowl games really are like this is the number seventeen team versus a team that just learned how to play football. Uh, and somehow won six games. So you know what I mean. It's like, it's like, oh, they went eleven and one, and this other team went six and six. Like, <laughs> well, dude, I'm telling you, it's welcome to the tax slayer bowl. Well, well and see, you went, yeah, right. <laughs> so the so H and H&R block bowl. You yeah. Know, so I don't, I don't think this is a is going to be a statement of the Big Twelve being that good at football. I think it's just going to be a statement of the Big Twelve getting favorable matchups and and. I mean, because if you think about it, they're they're playing three SEC teams, but the not not anymore. They're playing two SEC teams now. Yeah, and, and the those SEC teams, other than Florida, which, I mean, does anybody think the Florida is the second best team in the SEC? No. So, <clears throat> other than Florida, the SEC teams that you're getting are. Not good. Like Arkansas was not a good team. They weren't. I just, you want to talk about like why you hate the NFL? I got to tell you why I hate college football, man. Because every single year they find a way to fuck this up. How do we have? First of all, I don't get I I don't get Ohio State. I don't get it. They're kind of they're kind of like the they're kind of like that that person that did half the work on a group project and still gets all the credit. Like how do you play half a season against teams like against teams that <clears throat> were not good? Show me and I mean and well, even still they they just barely beat Northwestern in the, and yes did they still beat them? Yes, but I mean the powerhouse of Northwestern like no, get out of here. That's the only team that they played North- that is going to finish in the top 25. Northwestern only lost one game this year, so they're out better of, than out of, I out know, of six. I know, I know. I'm just saying they're 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 better than than they normally are. That's all I I'm under, saying. I understand, First but of all, still. And, but second of all, the this is where people like I think get so frustrated. The the committee's job it is in their mandate to put the four best teams in. That's what their job is to do. And that involves the eye test and the strength of schedule, like the resume, right? And what they said was, even with getting beat that badly by Clemson, Notre Dame is a better team in their eyes than Texas A&M. 
because their only other the only other ranked team that they played was North Carolina, and but we already te- talked. But Texas A- Texas A and M had more losses against team more wins against teams that fired their coach than they did against teams with winning records. I understand, but I mean, look at how look at how typically. Look at how, and you can't look at this with your view I'm, for your hatred I, of Texas no, A&M I, because I know, you just pulled out a stat from someone who hates Texas A&M I, and and constantly I, comes it, out with stats that. But is it wrong? Make fun. I, it is. It's not wrong. I'm but not saying that it but is. But that's what but I'm still. saying. When I'm when I'm what I'm saying is like, obviously, I'm not gonna like. I agree with it, but I'm not trying to argue as to what it's what's right or what's wrong. What I'm trying to say is like this is this is the mindset that they had, and this is the explanation that they had coming out with. These, it's the still top it's four teams still wrong. Being Alabama, Clemson, uh, the, Ohio okay, State, okay, Notre let's, Dame. Let's 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 just say Ohio State went undefeated in their schedule. That's fine. Notre Dame, I will not understand because the only time that they beat Clemson was without Trevor Lawrence, and then they they whenever tr- the Clemson's best team is put on the field, it's not even close. So this team is showing you that it can't hang with the big boys recently. So what's the point? There's a chance that we could get this game again in a couple of weeks. And, it, like, there's nothing that says that if, if, if it was close, then, of course, Notre Dame needs to should get another shot. But it wasn't. It was not close at all. Notre right. Dame is just getting in on their name alone. And th- that's how the BCS treated them, even back whenever it, whenever that was the thing. And Notre Dame was an awful team. Notre Dame gets on a two-game winning streak, and they're in the top 25. And I just I will not right. un- I will never understand it. Notre Dame should not have been in this. Oh, I hear you. I, what what I'm saying is there we without uh, without Texas A and M and Notre Dame playing one another, or Texas A and M and Ohio State playing one another, we don't know who the better team is. We can speculate, and but I mean, we don't know for sure. But, 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 even but still, what I'm saying is, it's the committee's job to speculate and decide which team they think would win that game. I and, understand that, and but they still, are, they said head to head, we think Texas A&M loses to Ohio State and Notre Dame. But see, it, see, that's to me. I don't think that that's necessarily that should not be more important than who like the potential national championship matchup that we might have might be Clemson and Notre Dame again just because it's if if it does end up going down that way and I could see that happening it probably won't because Alabama is more than likely going to just beat the dog shit out of Notre Dame and it's not even going to be a problem but still but still, that's I mean, one that's, of those. That's the, what the options were to watch Alabama probably beat the dog shit out of Notre Dame for the first time, or probably beat the dog shit out of Al- uh, A&M for the second time. I understand, and see, that's why I think that it should have been Oklahoma. I really do because I think that Oklahoma showed us in the Big Twelve Championship game just how much more this team has improved yeah. throughout the whole season. Notre Dame hadn't improved at all. Yeah. The only team that they were able to beat was Clemson without Trevor Lawrence and an overrated North Carolina team. I don't I don't necessarily think they're overrated, but but okay. But see, I can't take your opinion on that seriously because you're you're su- you're such a, you're such a Matt Brown fan. I I don't I cause see it's just it's so hard for me it's so hard for me to sit here and I've, think that I've you're said, looking at it objectively. I've said on this podcast that Matt Brown or Mac Brown was the biggest reason, the biggest contributing factor to the Longhorns sucking for the last decade. I understand. I understand, but still, you can look back on it, and you can look back on it, and still have these fond memories. So, I, it's, I, and I, is that fair? No, that's not fair to you, and I understand that, and that's ridiculous of me to feel that way. That's just how. But look, the teams that they lost to this year, North North Carolina, that is, 
Hold on. Sorry, I'm trying to find it. They lost to Clemson and Notre Dame. No, North Carolina? Yeah. North Carolina lost to Clemson and lost to Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm trying to Oh, this is the basketball team. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm like, what the fuck is this? Did they lose another one? I don't remember. Yes, yes. Because I, I knew they weren't in the top 10, which meant they probably they're, lost they're, the game. They're, they're 13th right now. So, yes, they lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Clemson. Virginia. And they also lost to Florida State. Oh, so they didn't even play Clemson. No, no, they okay. didn't play. No, they didn't play Clemson. Okay. Yeah, so they lost to they lost that that was the other one was Virginia. Okay. So like they've lost to two teams that are just that should not even be close to their level. And they they weren't able to even they weren't able to even take care of that. And so that's think, why that's why that diminishes that that win. For, yes, does Notre Dame have a win over another top 25 team? Yes, but North Carolina is not really that impressive of a win to me. I th- I think not worthy. It's not impressive enough to worthy a shot at the, to stay in a in a position to compete for the national championship game after you just got obliterated by a team that is that showed that it's far more superior than you. And if Trevor Lawrence was even playing during that game, <clears throat> that that first one, and of course it's speculation, and I understand that, but Clemson just showed that with Trevor Lawrence, Notre Dame isn't even on their level, so they wouldn't have even. Been beaten Clemson in the first place, and they shouldn't have even been considered for this at all. Right, sure. I think uh, I think what we're seeing with the ACC is uh, kind of like what we've seen with the SEC for the past decade, is you have one team that is yeah. legitimately yeah. just that good, yeah. and so every other team, they get ranked higher than they should if they avoid losing other games, because they could say, oh, our only game was to the number two team in the yeah. country. And see that's and that's why I A&M. and that's I know and I'm not trying to say that A and M is deserving to be I in that. I, I just, don't even think A and M should be ranked as high, but I do think that Oklahoma should. Oklahoma has shown that it truly is up there, at least right now yeah. in the amount that they've improved. So yeah. this is just why, like every single time, like you, and this isn't one of those things where there's like a little bit of controversy. There is this thing is well, that's, shrouded in controversy. That's, that's what makes college football so controversial is it's not like the NFL or baseball or college hockey, basketball where it's like you know who's playing the best at that time is the most likely to move on it's you have to not stumble basically all year if you want to guarantee you get a spot and it's and just if you, it's, and, it's and damn if near you, impossible and to if do you that. do stumble you have to be able to make the case that your stumble was more understandable than somebody else's. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, like, I understand, but I don't. I, I mean, like, I, like it's, I, it's I such know, a shame that one what mistake I'm, what can I'm cost saying you is, everything. What I'm saying is there is no right answer. Yeah, it, there, there is, there is no a right answer. answer. Eight teams. Well, yeah. Eight teams. Yeah. So, But it's not going to happen because – but anyway – yeah, no, there should be eight teams. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I'm with the nation right now whenever it's like, this is all bullshit. Did you see the video that uh, Central Florida posted on their Twitter? Uh-uh. It was the video of Hulk Hogan coming down at Bash at the Beach whenever he joined the, the Outsiders. <laughs> and it, it had this University of, uh, the, the Central Florida logo on his chest. Uh-huh. And he comes out and Macho Man Randy Savage is laying in the ring and it's got college football playoffs on it. And oh, then Hulk yeah. Hogan comes out and looks around, drops the leg on Macho Man 
and he gets up and goes like this, and then uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash get in there, and it's Cincinnati and uh, Florida Gulf Coast logo on theirs. <laughs> like, like this is the new world order, brother. So I would have, I don't, I don't think that those teams should have been in there. No. Just, I, the I think the one that you can make a case for is Coastal Cin- Carolina. I was gonna say Cincinnati. No way, dude, because they just recent. The, I like, didn't. They I, just they, barely won their. They just barely won their uh, uh, their conference championship too. So I uh, I know it, it was against Tulsa, and weren't they ranked in the top fifteen? Yeah, uh, no, t- I think they were twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Oh, I think that they were like right at twenty five. I could be wrong, but but yeah, I've, I would have loved to have seen Cincinnati get a shot. But I mean, it's it just once again like that's, you can and, yeah. And, yeah, and what I'm saying is, of course, of course, and that's why an eight team would have just been better. Of course, of course, the right answer is an eight team playoff, and Texas A&M gets in, and Ohio State gets in, and Notre Dame, and these other teams that people, I mean, you could still argue uh, there would still be an argument, you know, but this that makes room for your Cincinnati's to get in, you know, and and these other teams. But as of right now, the way that the playoff is. Is they can say that it's not part of the criteria, but it is part of the criteria. If you are, te- if you're in the Texas A&M boat where you have one loss, and you know at the end of the day you're you're sitting there and you have one loss, and there's another team that has a, a loss, but it's more recent. But both of you can say it was to the number one and number two teams in the country. You know, they're gonna go off of the name. They're going to go off of, well, Notre Dame was good last year, too. Maybe not as good as we thought they were, but they were still good last year. Texas A&M was not. Yeah, and that's, and that's what they're going to go off of. And is that right? No. But outside of an 18 playoff, what else are they supposed to do? Nah. I, you know? It's fine. It just doesn't make sense. So. All right. Yeah. So on to on trivia. All right. So do you need me to repeat the question? I don't, but repeat the question for the listeners. All right. In January of 2007, the Dallas Stars had one of the most infamous blunders in the NHL in all of the NHL, where a Dallas Stars player missed an empty net that caused the Edmonton Oilers to go back down and score with two and a half seconds left to force overtime. Who was the Dallas Stars player that missed the empty net? I genuinely have no clue, but I'm going off of who I know was on the team at the time, so I'm going to say Brandon Morrow. No. His name, Patrick Stefan. The number one overall pick for the Atlanta Thrashers. Oh, God. Well, there you go. Back in 1999. <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's a couple of fun facts about this real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Do the player that scored the goal for Edmonton was uh, Alice Hemsky. Okay. He eventually became a Dallas star. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, it's just so funny that uh, that that kind of came full circle. Here's another fun fact about this, and this is one of those things that this is a lot of people are like, oh yeah, like. You can make this argument, but that game happened in January, and then later on the Blackhawks played the Stars, and they blew a 2-1 lead against Dallas and whatever, whatever. But But. that year, the 2000 NHL draft still had the draft lottery, of course, but it was Edmonton and Chicago who finished 
Edmonton was above Chicago in the rankings by one point. And you can argue that that one point gave Chicago that that draft lottery ball that gave them the number one overall pick that year. Do you know who the number one overall pick was? Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. So, I got Pat, one. <laughs> so Patrick Stefan could be responsible for giving the goddamn Chicago Blackhawks Patrick Kane, and Patrick Kane might be an Edmonton Oiler right now. Because if they finish the other way, if it, so if Patrick Stefan buries that empty netter, it doesn't go to overtime. Fun fact about that game too, the Stars end up winning that game, but no one ever remembers it. They end up winning in the shootout, but the Edmonton Oilers still got one point out of it. Whenever they would have gotten zero and would have finished behind Chicago in that draft lottery, and then the entire landscape of the NHL has changed. Is that true? Who knows? It's just fun to speculate on shit like that. So, yeah. Well, that's it for me. You got anything, bud? All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Go Mavs. Woo!